right, it's time uh, for to play out a little chat that I had with Sir Geoffrey Palmer on Monday morning. We were talking. He was in town to uh, give a lecture on climate change. It was climate change do more hope for New Zealand? And here it is now, with Sir Geoffrey Palmer. And you're on the one, the Dog of Two Tails Breakfast on 91FM. I'm joined by Sir Geoffrey Palmer, former Prime Minister of New Zealand. Good morning, Geoffrey. Good morning. How are we today? Lovely. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to uh, have a chat to me today. Uh, you're, you're in town. You've come to give a, a lecture on climate change in New Zealand. Doom or hope? Well, there is hope. There has to be hope. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the case for doom is, is considerable. Yeah. But there is a way through this. Mm-hmm. There's a scientific pathway that if the greenhouse gas emissions are dropped quickly we can get through without catastrophic warming. Yep. If we have catastrophic warming, it's going to change the way we live in so many ways that it will be extremely unpleasant mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. economy will not perform well uh, and people will have all sorts of dire consequences for their lives uh, and, and we don't want that. So yep. we have to hope that the talks in Paris will succeed and that we'll get a binding agreement that will, over time, reduce uh, the greenhouse gas emissions to the degree where they are wiped out altogether and the climate uh, does not overheat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, the, the days of CFCs, we all kind of banded together as, as a globe and we saw the, the need to change and we did. And somehow it just seems that that willingness is lacking. Well, I was involved in the CFC negotiations uh, as, as, as the Minister for the Environment of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to tell you that that was a very successful negotiation with a very successful treaty that has been signed up to. Of course, we don't know whether the hole over the ozone layer will completely close because it takes years to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, it, but it's made a good start and and everyone is on board with that policy and and it was to some extent a false hope that it gave for climate change. People involved in the CFC negotiations thought that somehow climate change would would follow the same pattern. It didn't. It couldn't because the changes in policies were so profound. Uh, In climate change, you're dealing with fossil fuels, which are a very important part of the economy almost everywhere Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. transport. Of course. Uh, And and there was nothing like that with CFCs because CFCs uh, were man-made chemicals invented, I think, in 1928 by Mm -hmm. General Motors scientists uh, and you could find substitutes and you could get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. And and, um, with with substitutes um, for fossil fuels, I mean, there are some out there but not on a mass scale, but shouldn't surely we should be at the point now that we need to start investing more in that, and surely New Zealand should should see the need to try to take a lead on that thing to get into green tech nice and early, so we can diversify our economy, so we can move away from those things like farming um, that are causing, um, well, especially in New Zealand, you know, the highest output of greenhouse gases is from farming. Um, so sh- sh- why why is there reluctance? to move that way. I mean, we're taking money away from R&D all the time. I think that you have to move to a low K 
carbon economy. Mm-hmm. Now, in New Zealand, we're complicated by the fact that we have large emissions of methane from stock. Mm-hmm. Now, New Zealand government, who praise it, has done some very good things in financing research internationally on methane so that that problem can be addressed. We mm-hmm. are not on top of it yet, but we're likely to get there, I, I think. The difficulty, the thing about methane is it's not nearly as long-lasting in, in the atmosphere as CO2. Yeah. And, and, and not being able to do anything about methane now is no excuse for not doing something about CO2 now. Mm-hmm. We have got a, a very high level of renewable energies in this country. Yeah. We've got a lot of hydro. We've got a lot of other things. That we've got sun. We've got wind. We can have a very good record of taking our energy policy right away from carbon. And that's what we have to do. Uh, and and I, I, since we're so well-placed in New Zealand, for that, it's hard to understand why we've been so reluctant to move. Well, you know, the, the government comes out sometimes and says, you know, well, we're only a small part player in this, you know, um, we'll see what everybody else does first and then we'll kind of follow and behind. But we, where are the days of, um, you know, long at Oxford? Where yeah. are the days of us standing up? Being, you know, on top of, of these kinds of things and, and leading the world and seeing that it can be done. Well, you see, we are not uh, progressive on this issue. We are a laggard. Uh, and, of course, that makes it very difficult for us to persuade anyone at the international level uh, to act. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we've lost, to some degree, our moral authority in these negotiations. Uh, and, and the strange thing about that is that if everyone acted as New Zealand is acting, the problem of climate change could not be solved at all. Yeah. We would be looking at three or four per, uh, uh, degrees increase Celsius, uh, which would be a catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, our offer to the our INDC offer to Paris is low. It's very low, and and in fact, it gives scope for increasing greenhouse gas emissions in the short term and I really uh, cannot understand how it is that we got into that position. The Royal Society provided a submission to the government uh, which was far higher in what we should be doing about carbon dioxide uh, mm-hmm. emission cuts than, than we are promising to do and even the ones that we are promising to do we don't say how we're going to do it and our domestic law from this point of view is pretty appalling because the Resource Management Act has been disabled from mm-hmm. considering uh, uh, emissions for, from the point of view of regional councils uh, and that needs to change but our, our Climate Change Response Act and our, and our emissions trading scheme simply do not work they're not reducing uh, our emissions t- at all yeah. <laughs> so, so you know we are in a very bad position and what we really need in New Zealand is a bipartisan policy of all the political parties in Parliament so that every time the government changes we don't throw our toys out of the cot and start again on this issue. This is a long term issue. We need stable policy settings for a long time that will in fact help not only ourselves but also help the world to beat this terrible problem that it faces. Um, Now 
we go back to farming. Farming, it's our biggest polluter of, of methane, as you were saying, but it's also one of the industries that's going to be most greatly affected by climate change. You, um, we've seen the droughts that we're going through at the moment. They're mm. going to expand. Um, you know, uh, you'll probably get heavier rainfall in the winter time uh, because you won't get as much snowfall. Fall, so there'll be a lot more flooding and and, and whatnot. So it just it seems really counterproductive in the end to continue on this path. Well. Uh, I think that agriculture is a mainstay of the New Zealand economy and it will be in the future as well. And there are ways, it seems to me, of farming sustainably, even from a climate change point of view. Uh, I mean, that uh, does revolve around success uh, in breeding animals that uh, don't produce as much methane. Uh, But it also uh, means that we ought to uh, go back to the traditional pastoral farming we had, which is... uh, far less uh, difficult in its footprint mm-hmm. than than the sort of intensive uh, farming that we are getting into now. Yeah. And quite a lot of the dairy uh, industry produce, uh, burns a lot of coal. Uh, uh, and, and that really is going to have to stop. And mm-hmm. we just can't go on allowing the polluters of the atmosphere with CO2 to not pay for the cost of their pollution, and they are not paying. And the fundamental principle of international environmental law and all environmental law is the polluter should pay. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, the taxpayer's going to pay, and I don't want to pay. Well, (laughs) you're socialising all those uh, losses at the moment. Um, Another big thing um, that's really going to affect New Zealand in a way is climate refugees. Um, you know, we get, uh, there's going to be housing uh, issues uh, within already is in, in our major city, and everybody seems to want to go to Auckland. But I guess in a way, if refugees come, uh, we'll settle them um, wherever we can. But jobs, uh, uh, there's going to be a big cost involved in that too. Well, there's going to be massive international displacement of people which will have to be planned for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the difficulty about that is it involves big security questions which will ultimately have to go to the Security Council of the United Nations. The Security Council has now had four debates on this issue, but they haven't grasped the nettle. They, mm-hmm. want, the, uh, they want the United Nations Convention on Climate Change to have its 21st meeting in Paris, 20 previous meetings have failed to deal with the problem. Uh, But if it's not dealt with, it's inevitably going to become a serious security problem. And Mm -hmm. and we've got this problem in in the whole world. The difficulty about climate change is that it is a tragedy in slow motion. You can't see it. It's not like the refugees in Europe. Uh, where you see on the television, oh, we must act. Mm-hmm. The passions are hard to to um, arouse on the subject of climate change. So the result is that governments who have a short-term focus, and all governments do in democratic societies, yeah. you look at the next election, you mm-hmm. look at the opinion polls, you look at the focus groups, and you say, oh, well, uh, we put that off, we'll put yeah. that off. Well, they put it off so long that the cost of adjustment go up. The longer you put it off, the harder it will be, the more trouble it will cause, and this is a very short-sighted political difficulty. And, of course, democracies are not good at handling long-term problems. Yeah, um, the fear of not getting your government through to the next election and getting voted in again is somehow over... 
powering the argument of climate change, which is very sad. I think that that's what's happening, and I think there is a sort of lack of demand from the electors and from the voters and from the people that government should do anything about this. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in a democratic society, governments will respond to public pressure, yeah. but not if there isn't any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's easy enough to put spin on things as well and say this is just a big tree-hugger issue and it just... Well, I think the time has come on the climate change issue for some leadership about this uh, because the government knows very well what the science shows. Mm -hmm. The science is no longer controversial. We yeah. know that unless we take some steps, this is going to happen. So what do we do? What do we do? What we do is that we convince the government to put in place stronger policies to deal with climate change in New Zealand, that they take a more a stronger approach internationally, that they approach Paris on the basis that it must succeed, uh, and that they really do need to change our defective municipal laws in New Zealand about this if they had to have any chance of being able to deal with it here. Yeah, 50% below 1990 levels by 2050, that's too late. Yeah. That's far too late. They'd have no way of getting, that's their target, but they have no way of getting there. We have no idea how that's going to be reached. There are no instruments available in the New Zealand legal arsenal, as things stand, to get to that. <laughs> All right, so doom, doom or, um, or hope? Well, I think there's hope because there's time. We've got about 20 years, yeah. uh, but that's all. That's all. All right, well, it's time to do something now. Absolutely. And, and you, be, you can do it. You can write to somebody. You can write to your local mem member of parliament. Write to good old Mr Woodhouse down here, you know, and do something. Hey, um, Sir Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining me. You're very welcome. And it's been a pleasure, and enjoy the city. I will. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Sir Geoffrey Palmer, the uh, former Prime Minister of New Zealand, talking about climate change. Is there hope? He reckons there is, but we've got to act now. So uh, do what you can. Play your role. Everybody um, is in this. We're all in it for everybody in the whole world. Uh, so, yeah, write to Woodhouse. Write to David Clark. Write to whoever you think you can. Uh, and, you know, that's only one small step towards things, but we've got to rise up as a people on this issue. And we can't let people slouch, and we can't let the government think that, oh, wow, we don't want to do anything because we might not get in at the next election. Uh, well, really, this is the thing that should be getting you in at the next election, because this is the biggest problem to face the earth uh, ever. Ever. All right, then, it is now... Uh